welcome to the Fantasy Fam Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Chris, coming at you from Rain Man Studios here in Northern Jersey. I'm on the mic with my brother, Sven, and our cousin, Kyle. Okay, quick Game of Thrones recap. We're not going to talk about the episode, simply going to announce the current standings. I'm in last place with 30 points. Kyle, congrats, you're in second with 35. And brother, I guess a bigger congratulations. Uh, first place after three episodes with 45 points. Thank you, cool. thank you. Awesome, must be nice. But my guys could all be gone next episode. We don't. We do not know. I kind of hope so. episodes left. I can't believe it. I don't think anyone's gonna big's gonna die this next episode. Uh, Amelia Clark, uh, Clark came out today and said that episode five is gonna be where everything happens. Oh, oh thanks. And that's usually what happens. It's always the second to last episode. That's yeah, that's of every show, every of every show, but especially Game of Thrones. It's always that. It's always it was always that ninth episode where yeah. literally everything happens. So, and you can look at who's uh, directing the episode as well because. Episode five is the same yep. director as this past episode three, which means it's going to be a war because he did the uh, Battle of the Bastards, and I believe yep. a battle. Did he do Hardhome as well? As well? So I think he might have. So yeah, he did. That guy's solid. Definitely a battle. He's Good fantastic. battle director. So aside from Game of Thrones today, we're here to talk about the NFL draft. I can't believe it. I can't believe it. What's just that? a little bit. Just a tip. Just some high level thoughts because it just happened. We're very excited. It was a it was a great draft. It really was. It was it was a pretty solid draft. Not a there was no no one in the draft that was game changing, um, except for the Kyler Murray pick. However, um, it could be. So come you know next year, who knows? And I told you guys before that Cliff Kingsbury came out and said, "Oh, we'll see if Kyler Murray is going to be the starter week one." Oh my god! Yeah, because because Brent Hundley is going to be your starter. <laughs> did you hear what the gm steve kime came out a couple hours later and said that uh kyler murray's the starter for week one yeah, like cliff what are you doing like don't be stupid play your best players and then they got a they got a two-year man out of princeton i think is like the third stringer so kyler's your starter coach speak he's got uh, he's got a lot to learn cliff that he does a lot to learn but it looked amazing being in being in nashville i've never been there I'm very excited that we all get to visit later this year. Very excited. That looked like like an incredible area to hang out in. Broke a record for that main street, I think, for like the amount of people. It was unbelievable. And can we talk about the the, the females there on their bachelorette party who had a, just a fit that, oh, God, how dare they do this? Well, you should have looked the date when you booked your bachelorette party. Yeah, I don't feel bad for you. Sorry. Every, every single major <laughs> bar was closed because they couldn't get there. So, yeah. So, anyway, that was my favorite thing about the draft. Shame oh, on you. That's good. So we'll uh, we'll we'll double check the weekends that that we've already booked as well, and and you know avoid main main streets. <laughs> oh, that's great. I'm pumped though. I watched uh, round one, most of round two and three, and then a, a little bit of a uh, day day three as well. It's a uh, incredibly exciting, incredibly exciting. But before we jump in, real quick, um, just a reminder: you can find us at thefantasyfam.com or on Twitter at thefantasyfam. We're on most podcast platforms, including iTunes. So the NFL draft. Today, we're just going to paint some broad strokes, uh, some very positive stuff, some very negative stuff, some interesting stuff. Um, let's kick it right off with David Montgomery to the Bears. I absolutely love it because they just got rid of Jordan Howard. I mean, they, they got a bag of peanuts back, but he's a bruiser who can actually catch, unlike our Winnie the Pooh club, Jordan Howard, now in the Eagles. I mean, Nagy... He, I don't necessarily think it really affects Tariq Cohen that much either. I, I, I like it. I don't know. I think it does, but I also I think, think it does. I 
Not as much. Now, Tariq Cohen, is, he's too electrifying to keep off the field, first off. You have to keep him on the field. Uh, you have to find a way, obviously, to get him involved. But I think that it also shows that maybe the, if, I was, if I was Nagy, I would not be rushing this guy right away because you have Mike Davis, who is a very durable – I mean, he's a, he's a good running back. So let this kid learn from Mike Davis, who obviously has a little bit more experience, maybe not even that much, actually, as Tariq Cohen. But it's a very young backfield. I think it affects Tariq – a tad bit, but I do like for like dynasty. Oh, sign me up. Sign me up for this kid. Oh yeah. Dynasty. Absolutely. But what I'm saying in a redraft league this year, I mean, my whole hope was that they wouldn't draft a running back. And what we did see was them draft a running back and Tariq Cohen, um, you know, while he is more electrifying in the passing game, the thing is, is that he does get his rushes from time to time. And Jordan Howard, uh, because he sucked so much catching the ball that now if Mon- you know, Montgomery can do both. I mean, he can run between the tackles, he can catch. So what is the role then of Tariq Cohen? Is it going to be just a wide receiver now? Because the Bears have 40,000 of those. Slot receiver? I mean, the thing is, the Bears have so many of those. They, and they drafted freaking uh, Ridley Ridley. That they did too. You know right. what I mean? Like, I just feel like there's so many weapons now, which is not a bad thing. But from a fantasy perspective, especially somebody like Tariq, who is such a, you know, obviously they're going to find a place for him. He makes plays. He runs. He's a fast runner. He can catch the ball. He can run the ball. Return kicks. I get it. However, what's his role? I mean, I, I don't know. It's, it's a jack of all trades, but what does that look like in fantasy? No, and that's something incredibly exciting to see, I think. And obviously we have to pay attention as the season goes on. I think um, just to close this one out real quick is that it's going to be the evolution of the Bears offense because we're going to see them both on the field at the same time and they're going to become less predictable. And we saw what Tariq Cohen did with very few touches last year. He was incredibly efficient. So I think having another running back on the team that can – catch the football out of the backfield you know they're not going to always hand it off to him as as per Jordan Howard last year so I think it makes the offense less predictable more opportunities for everybody um and I, I like the entire offense moving forward that's especially Mitchell Truth Bitsky. some formations with Tariq and Montgomery out there 100 percent. it's like going to happen why not it's going to happen here's a situation on on the flip side of the coin and and this is just me obviously we're going to uh we're going to hear from you guys shortly after. The, the Baltimore Ravens, while I love, 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 love the Justice Hill pickup because he's in a split time with Mark Ingram, and who knows, he might even eventually become the lead back. They're going to run the ball 75% of the game, right? Lamar Jackson, Mark Ingram, Justice Hill. But Hollywood Brown, they picked him so early. He's a receiver. He may lead the team in targets, but – on a team that rarely throws, what does that even matter? What does it mean? I think it's a, it's a wasted spot for him because we're not going to get to see the evolution or we're not going to get to see the opportunity. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, is that in, uh, Baltimore needed a wide receiver. They have, they have no number one receivers, and they're hoping that he can turn into one, which I think he's undersized. I mean, he's, he's fast. He's 5'9", 166 he's, pounds. He's fast, but he's very undersized. Um, and the thing is, is like if they had a quarterback who threw the deep ball and could use, utilize him in that way, I'd say, sure, makes sense. But they need a number one, and they're hoping he becomes one. Um, they also drafted the kid out of Notre Dame, right? Miles, uh, Miles mm-hmm. Boykin, right? Miles Boykin, I believe. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's, I, I'm, I'm interested to see what that looks like because you're right. He's going to get a, a nice lion's share of the targets. However, that could, be, that could literally mean 90 targets, which with Lamar Jackson throwing the ball could mean 50 receptions. So yeah. – 
You know what I mean? Like he's gonna he's probably gonna catch half the passes Lamar throws his way. Because because you got to figure one his size he's insanely small and or, or lack thereof I guess Lamar and Lamar stinks as a passer exactly so it's like that means Lamar has to be even more precise on his throws like he's not throwing to a big guy you're throwing to to the size of a water boy I mean this guy is tiny but speed yeah, feels. Uh, yeah. the Ravens they ran the ball sixty four percent of the time with Lamar Jackson under center last year now. Marquise Brown is, I mean, he's clearly the number one already, right? Unless they like Willie Sneed, but it's going to be Willie Sneed, Calvin Boykin, Marquise Brown, and then the seven other tight ends, first round draft picks that they, that they have. But I, I have, I have no idea what to make of this. I really don't. I, I, I actually don't like this pick for them at all. You needed, they needed, he needed a big target to throw to because he can't throw. And now he has the tiniest dude out there. I'm not a fan. He's just going to run the fly pattern, and he's going to throw it deep and, and see if uh, see if they can make a connection. I guess just keep the defense honest, but everyone knows they're going to run the ball. So I, I don't know. From a dynasty perspective, I'm fading. Just Madden plays all day. Just yeah. There's there's <laughs> some teams. There's some teams he could have gone to that would have utilized the crap out of him. I mean, I would have loved to see him in Detroit. Like loved Detroit to would have been good. Matt Stafford throwing him the ball. I would have absolutely loved that one. Um, someone like and uh, like uh, Andrew Luck throwing him the ball in Indianapolis. Like I think these would have been such great places for him. Granted, he could turn into Philip Dorsett. That's what I, that's the thing. He could become Philip Dorsett. Disappointing. Like, Philip Dorsett was a first round pick of the Colts <laughs> a few years ago. He's a small guy with blazing speed that has no role in the offense. It's just I I, I can see it. This I is tiny. Was- Steve Smith wasn't this tiny. No, and I I could I. <laughs> I can see it. I can see him also having semi-impact, but it's. I think it's. We have to wait and do our, you know, our projections for 2019 to see for redraft. But it's not going to be too high for redraft. Dynasty. He's a first-round pick. Yeah. Let me let me get some reports out of training camp. Yeah. See I, what they're doing. Like get get the spies out there. Yeah. This is our uh, reaction over reaction. Um, right right after the draft podcast. Um, another wide receiver that I. I mean, this guy was my, he was my top wide receiver coming into the draft. And I was absolutely fuming when the Tennessee Titans drafted A.J. Brown. It is, we talk about it, it's a place where offensive players, receivers, where they go, I don't want to say they go to die. They go to die. But, oh my goodness gracious. He's, Mark, Mariota's having another new offensive coordinator this year. No, you can't can't fault the kid. Wait, you said Marcus Mar- who? I I thought did you say Ryan Tannehill? Ryan Tannehill or Mariota? It's Ryan Tannehill is going to be the starting quarterback in Tennessee. Let's be that real. That might help. That might help AJ Brown's it's out. Going to help. I hope it helps. Yes. Mariota's going to go down at some point in the first 5 weeks. Ryan Tannehill will step in and forever hold that job. I hope not. I still have a little faith in Mariota. I have I say that every year. Every I know. Year. It, is, it is early July. I say, you know what? Mariota's a top 12 quarterback and and it changes, but he's fooled us every. I mean, he's had every year shown flashes, but he's fooled us every year. Let's be honest. Year. AJ Brown is a very, very talented wide receiver. Um, again, another guy I thought was going to go to New England. Um, so I was a little disheartened in that category as well. But then to see him go to Tennessee, oh. um, where I am not in the same boat as you, I do think AJ Brown. I think the whole thing with Corey Davis is not happening because Corey Davis just really isn't that good. Uh. Like. I think that just might be it. I think we've seen enough of a sample size from Corey Davis to realize that he is purely a possession receiver in the end zone at this point. And he can barely do that. I mean, so 
Uh, I think AJ Brown can stretch the field. He can catch the you know the deep ball. I so I'm not in that category. However, they did add Adam Humphreys. Um, Delaney Walker is coming back. So. Derrick Henry's kind of coming into I, his own. Yeah, I know. So it's it's more of, it's a it's another interesting scenario. But I would I would actually have less of a problem drafting AJ Brown. Oh, I would definitely draft AJ Brown over. Yeah. A bunch of the other receivers just most for of them. pure opportunity. Most of them. Yeah. Most of them, except a few, but we know who I love. So because it's gonna be Corey Davis, AJ Brown as the starters, but yeah, it's a tough one. I'm just um I'm not I'm not that excited about the the future potential of that offense. Love AJ Brown. If I can get him if I can get him a little later in the dynasty, not the not the first round, maybe in the second or the third, of course I'm scooping it up. But okay, Tyreek Hill. Let's not let's not talk about it. It's a it's a horrific situation. Let's continue this conversation as if he's not going to be on the Chiefs because it seems that the Chiefs drafted, and they drafted not one but but two guys. And I almost don't even want to say the second guy, but if anybody reads anything, they're going to hear about this guy. So okay, so they drafted Mikol Hardman out of Georgia, right? One of the fastest receivers in the draft. He can return punts. He, he's a speedster, right? So he, I can see how he can replace him. There's another guy. His name is Darwin Thompson. He wasn't even allowed to attend the combine. He absolutely tore up the Mountain West. I, I, think, he's, I think he's a very, very deep sleeper. Dynasty rookie, I'm going after him. What do you guys think? I don't think that's the worst idea in the world. Patrick Mahomes is still throwing him the ball. Yes. Um, Sammy Watkins is oft injured. Um, you know, Nicole Hardman is also a rookie, so there's really nothing to prove he has the ability. Um, but, like, I, I kind of do want to touch upon the Tyreek Hill thing. I'm not going to get into it, obviously, but from a fantasy perspective, I think we always, like, it feels like we brush over it. Like, we're numb to it. All we care about is their production on the field, and what we should care about is them as also as human beings. So I will state that, like, us as fantasy analysts and advisors, you know, we do know what happened, and for the most part, and we do sympathize and on you know and it's not just about fantasy it's about humanity as well so i think that's also a good thing to point out because fantasy football always doesn't care about they they very few don't care about you know like injuries and certain drug suspensions and whatever suspensions so something like this we should care about so but yeah i'm that's it i i I think a deep sleeper is not a bad idea i like this kid i think he's i think he's very talented isn't darwin thompson a running back though Right? Are they going to try to move him, I guess, all over the field? Yeah. He's a utility guy. He's talented. He's Ooh. <laughs> yeah, he's nasty. No, th- thank you, Kyle, for, uh, for mentioning yeah. that, too. But I think, obviously, we share your, we share your thoughts. I just uh, wasn't sure how, how much you guys really wanted to get into it. So, so Very little. Just, you know, stating the fact about, you know, that fantasy is still, you know, it's relative. Of course, and plus, you want to root for these guys. Like, like I, I wasn't taking Joe Mixon early on. You know what I mean? It's 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 tough. It's tough to root for somebody on your team when when that happens. Like, that's all. That's all I'm going to say. Um, this is an interesting one. This is a very very interesting one. Memphis running back Daryl Henderson drafted fairly early to the Los Angeles Rams. They they retained Malcolm Brown. They still have John Kelly, who was drafted last year, mind you. What what's going on there? Is Todd Gurley really hurt? Uh, um, well, okay. We've gone over my love of Todd Gurley, everyone's love of Todd Gurley, and how 
important he is in that offense, which he will be forever. But this this is a problem. I mean, this is a real big problem. Daryl Henderson was a top 10 running back going into the draft. Um, he does a lot of things that Todd Gurley does. Uh, obviously not as well. I, I'm not trying to, you know, diminish Todd Gurley, but he does a lot of things similar to what Todd Gurley does. You know, you re-signed uh, Malcolm Brown. You drafted, uh, what's his name? Uh, John Kelly, which I thought was kind of questionable last year, the John Kelly pick, actually, because I thought uh, John Kelly is in the same category as Daryl Henderson for me, where if they would have been drafted by literally anybody else, they would have had a chance to get way more snaps than they did. Um, but I don't get it. I don't get the pick. Um, McVay has a lot more holes to fill. So, uh, but as a Todd Gurley fan, as someone who's going to draft Todd Gurley early and often, I, I don't have any worries. This, I mean, this kid dominated college ball last year. He averaged 8.9 yards per carry. <laughs> he had almost 2,000 rushing yards, 22 touchdowns, 25 total. The kid's an absolute stud, but this – I don't want to say that I'm, I'm worried about Todd Gurley because you can never have enough of a certain position, as, as we can clearly see that injuries do happen, and they picked up C.J. Anderson when they clearly had viable backups. So it really goes in to show you how much John Kelly they really trust in him, which is probably nothing. Malcolm Brown, they just re-signed. So they obviously trust him. He's been with the team. He's played with Gurley for a little bit. This Daryl Henderson, first of all, this is Todd Gurley we're talking about. It's not like he's, he's competing against a, a Kenyan Drake. You know, like we're talking about one of the best running backs in the game. This kid is either going to have to – like Todd Gurley's going to have to go down for a long time for this kid to actually – you know what I mean? So I'm just – I, I want to say that I'm kind of worried – like, you know what I mean, Kyle, like you said? But... I'm not – yeah, like I said, like, I am not personally worried. Um, I'm more worried about Daryl Henderson, honestly, because if he would have gone somewhere – exactly. And yeah, I'm... like, I put him in the same category, and maybe we'll talk about it in some way, is, like, Miles Sanders. Like, I put them in the same kind of category where everyone's like, oh, Miles Sanders is going to play, and he's going to – like, they just traded for they, – they got Jordan Howard. They have Corey Clement still. They have Like, I just – I don't like rookie running backs going into crowded backfields because – especially when they're the rookie and there's all, you know, seasoned veterans ahead of them, you have to prove a lot more that way. So I just feel like it's a waste. Like you're looking for the future, especially. Unless they're literally going to do a complete timeshare, but time <laughs> early, we're looking at like 80% and then this guy will get 20. Like he'll actually do a whole yeah. series. I mean, I also don't like timeshares though. So if that's going to be the case, I'm going to avoid most things then. Most players who are in a timeshare, I, no, I want no part of. We don't know. Bill we have no idea what's happening out of Los Angeles. Yeah, so it's we, yeah. I kind of not saying anything. Yeah, I kind of group that in the same category, not same category, because Todd Gurley is a game-changing back. However, it's it's in that same situation where they have a starting running back ahead of them, a seasoned vet, and there's a limited chance they're going to play if they're healthy. See, I I think that the Rams are under a ton of pressure, um, a ton of scrutiny since the Super Bowl when Sean McVay decided not to recreate the offense and and stay in the same formations and, and he was very predictable and it showed and they, they couldn't do anything on offense. And the fact that they retained Malcolm Brown that we said, John Kelly, I agree. It's unfortunate. They don't have much faith in him, but they drafted this kid in the third round who's top five running back coming into the league. I mean, there, there's smoke. The smoke is rising quickly. Um, 
personally, Todd Gurley for me is somebody I'm going to avoid if I'm in the top half of the draft. I think just because of the situation from a football perspective, if I'm the Rams, I'm going to try and use him as little as possible so he can be healthy in the playoffs and in the potential Super Bowl. I think the Rams overall take a step back. I think all the pressure is going to collapse down on them a little bit. Um, They're losing a bunch of offensive line vets. Um, I don't think they did enough to replace them, honestly. Um, But we, we shall see. That's why, uh, that's why we play the game, right? Um, This should be a fun one though. Cliff Kingsbury, we mentioned before, he he doesn't even know who the starting quarterback is yet, (laughs) but apparently they're going to run five wide receivers from sideline to sideline. So what did they go do? They drafted three wide receivers, right? Hakeem Butler, oh, my favorite another Keyshawn Johnson. It's spelled a little differently, though. And oh. Isabella from oh Utah. Unbelievably, oh they got him ahead of, ahead of both of those guys with Larry Fitzgerald, DJ, and Christian Kirk. I mean, is, is Murray a, a back-end QB1, like starting right away off in the season? Ab- absolutely. Um, I... I was a firm disbeliever, not disbeliever. I like Kyler Murray. I think he's a very talented player, but I'm just, I was, I didn't understand why they'd be drafting a quarterback when they moved up into the first round last year to draft a quarterback, but they believe Murray is a generational talent like he is. And there's a very good chance. He's been taken first overall in the NFL draft. He was drafted in the first round of the MLB draft. So he's an athlete. We know that, but he has the capability to put up 3,500 yards passing and 600 yards rushing in his rookie campaign, which I think he's completely, I think it's completely possible. But to have those wide receivers at your disposal, to have David Johnson at your disposal, um, I, I mean, I love, love, love both wide receiver picks. I loved Hakeem, Hakeem Butler. He was one of my favorite wide receivers coming into the draft. And I loved Andy Isabella, uh, another guy who can do it all. I mean, he can take the screen pass. He can go deep. He can return punts and kicks. I mean, he can do a lot of things. So I loved both picks. And I, there's a chance I'm going to take one of them in redraft leagues. I don't know which one. Which one, though, right? Yeah. yeah, I don't know which one. I like both of them. I mean, Andy Isabella probably is going to be – I think he's going to be the favorite out of all out of all three of them. I mean – In my I, opinion. It's, ba- it's very tough, exactly. Like, how can you – but we got to see. These guys, they're very good right now, but we got to see them on, on the field. In the, like, in the NFL, in the bigs, like, let's go. Put up yeah. or shut up. I agree. I mean – So, you know, and it's – which is great because it's going to create so much competition – amongst these guys with Larry Fitzgerald, like you have the opportunity to play him alongside one of the best, like I think the guy has one drop in his entire career. If that <laughs> it's <laughs> so I think it's a very good situation. Offensive line still scares me a little bit. He doesn't have a tight end. Not that he even needs one who cares. I'm I sure, guess the more we just awesome. talked about it. I kind of changed a little bit on him. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I haven't changed on him. I think he's fantastic. I think it's more of the fact that him going to Arizona where they drafted a quarterback, they have no offensive line. One of the worst offensive lines in the league. So I, he's going to be running for his life. And, and he's tiny. Person, which helps, I think, though. You know? yeah. A lot of moving yeah. pockets, I would say. A lot of rolling. Yeah, that's Russell Wilson. Pockets. What we've seen from Russell Wilson is that he doesn't care if they're ranked as the worst offensive line in the league. He somehow gets it done because he is always running for his life. He really does get it done. I just hate the comparison between them because don't, don't keep saying he's Russell Wilson. Let's, let's pump the brakes a little bit. Russell Wilson has done it over the last six years, seven years. So right when he came out too. Yeah. From the first time and he was a third round pick. So 
one interesting stat that I'm going to throw at you, and uh, I'm going to save my my thoughts and feedback for another conversation. But Tyler Murray had less balls batted down at the line of scrimmage than six five Daniel Jones of the New York Giants. Just saying, dude's five eleven and a, a third, a quarter, whatever it is. He's got a good release. I yeah, mean, he he's does. got a very good release. No, he's got that same foot thing. It's the same thing that um, it wasn't Tebow who who did it. Um, maybe it was Russell Wilson. It's when they throw the ball, especially like on a deep ball, it's like their feet come off the ground when they throw the ball. Like, I don't know what it is because of their size, I guess, because he's small, like his back, like his front foot and his back foot kind of like come off the ground. They're going to use their whole body. Like he's like, yeah, he drew Brees does that. That's exactly what it was. You're right. It was drew Brees. Like his, his feet come off the ground when he's throwing the ball because he's trying to make up for his lack of height. I get it. But in a way it kind of, it, it does help. Like you can, you can tell it helps him. So I think, honestly, like, I don't think he's going to have too much of an accuracy problem. Uh, I think Daniel Jones, on the other hand, while I loved the prospect, I loved Daniel Jones. And I know we disagreed on this. I think Daniel Jones can personally be a franchise quarterback. I hope so. I'm with you. I think so. He's big. He's got good thighs. Yeah, I I actually do think he (laughs) can be a franchise quarterback. But he has got a longer way to go because he is a big frame. Murray makes a lot of his on the run. He can get it through 600 yards rushing. He can get it through passing, you know, while running for his life daniel jones is a pocket passer who needs to develop a lot of things so. who needs to develop pocket awareness and Poc- yeah, footwork. throw under pressure <laughs> and you know yeah. the deep ball without pressure i don't know yeah. i'm still rooting for him obviously he's, he's a giant touch. Now, so he's, he's a giant. Some, yeah he has some nice touch i like i like his deep ball pass when he had his touch i've seen I, I saw a lot of highlights of him uh where he puts it over the correct shoulder and he put you know i i, I like him this is at duke I also didn't agree with him at five, but that's beside the point. Eli two point oh. Let's hope it's the uh, the better Eli. Wait, did you see the comment? Did you see the comment where it says some? It said Daniel Jones looks like he would play Eli Manning in a movie about Peyton. (laughs) Wow, I thought that was the funniest thing I've ever. That's actually very clever. Like I was like, yes, they're completely correct. He's got that same like antidepressant face going on where you're nothing going on, literally uh, nothing. It's just uh, if it was a sound, it would be. Uh, <laughs> it's for another conversation. Mo- moving on, let's let's go, Giants. Um, the 49ers and Kyle Shanahan's once you know revelatory offense, um, drafting two more wide receivers: Jalen Hurd, former running back, um, who could potentially be moved to tight end as per the George Kittle type role, um, or and and Debo, very very strong receiver out of South Carolina. Um, do you think this affects Dante Pettis? at all Marquis Goodwin is he the way out like what's going on there this another wide receiver pick that I did not like Debo Samuel should not have gone to San Francisco um I like the player I do not like the location the landing spot didn't make any sense to me I am a firm firm believer in Dante Pettis so I have Dante Pettis potentially as a, a wide receiver too going into 2019 uh I didn't like this because he's going to be fighting for for snaps he's going to be fighting for targets and while I like the player and I think he can develop into a nice wide receiver too, I don't get it. The herd one is less of a problem for me. I don't care honestly about that one, but this Debo Samuel one I, I didn't like. Uh, I, I think he should have gone to a team that was in need of a potential wide receiver two from snap one. So you don't think that Debo's a wide receiver two potential? I do not. I do not. Not on San Francisco. So Marquis Marquis Goodwin, you think is going to start over him, and then Pierre Garcon. Pierre Garcon. Well, Pierre Garcon might not He's be. probably going to get hurt. Yeah, he's probably not going to be on the team. If he's still on the team, exactly. And then well, Marquis I mean, Goodwin, they already said he's I, not going to play that much. I, I mean, I, 
Kendrick Bourne is still there too, and I kind of like Kendrick Bourne, so I don't, uh, I, I don't know. I think the kid has an opportunity to be in the number two. I think Donkey Pettis, Ebo Samuel, two it's very a, young wide receivers it's for just Jimmy such G. A weird team, it's just a weird team. You know, you have five, you have five running backs that can carry the ball. Who's going to get that? Like, remember, we're not talking about eight. three of them are going to get hurt. Yeah, but I know. But we're not even talking about like a team here. Like I'm not talking about. Oh, I think the 49ers are going to be a good team. Yada yada. Like no, I'm talking no, about no, you know. purely a fantasy perspective here. This this 49ers team, besides Kittle, is one to avoid. Completely avoid because they have four or five running backs. They have five wide receivers. That like I don't want any of it. I don't want target shares. Jimmy I don't G, want maybe Kittle and Dante Pettis. I would say Jimmy G. Jimmy yeah, G. basically. Yeah. No, not Jimmy G. But eh, whatever. Jimmy G. But <laughs> yeah, no, 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 Jimmy G is is a quarterback sixteen. I'm Maybe something. pick him up, like yeah. Yeah, he's he's your quarterback too. It's fine. <laughs> this year's Jared Goff. What's up? No, <laughs> not even a little. This is crazy. Aren't Kyler Murray and Nick Bosa going to be playing each other? Right? Aren't they in the same? They are. Right? Ooh. In San Francisco. I don't want to talk. I don't want to talk about Nick Bosa. That should be pretty interesting to see that twice a year. Yeah. Another West Coast team, um, the Oakland Raiders, with Mike Mayock and John Gruden. They sent everybody home. So we're not going to talk about the whole draft, but some people have said they made some questionable, questionable picks. I actually, actually liked a lot of their picks. Um, I did too. The Josh Jacobs pick, I think, nope. dude doesn't have tread on the tires. He played in Alabama, uh, pro style offense under great coach Nick Saban. Like so, he knows what it takes to prepare. I, I believe, and he didn't get the ball a lot. He did not have a lot of carries, which is good because a lot of running backs get knocked for that. Like, oh, they had 347 carries last year. Whatever. He doesn't have that many carries. I think, obviously, now with the injury to Isaiah, uh, Isaiah Crowell. Isaiah for the Crowell, thank you. He's, he's, to me, he's the clear number one dynasty rookie yes. draft pick right now, today, because of the opportunity. But what's more interesting to me is Hunter Renfro. Mm. Because who, who's going to be the check down for Derek Carr? Doesn't Hunter Renfro play for the San Diego Padres? Yes. There oh, is man. another Hunter Redfro, yeah. It yes. seems to be a popular One of them's an E, one of them's a W. Yeah. yeah. This guy, uh, he only had 120 carries last year. Um, Josh okay. Jacobs. So the thing about Josh Jacobs and Oakland, from my perspective here, is that Dynasty, he should be number one. There's no doubt about that. However, when it comes to redraft leagues, uh, I don't – I don't love it because they just re-signed Doug Martin. We don't know what they're going to do with Jacobs. Like you still have Jalen Richard. You still, like I just DeAndre Washington. Yeah, like I and I, I know I'm saying a bunch of scrubs to go along Chris with him. And they wouldn't have, you wouldn't have drafted him in the first round. However, Seattle did it last year with Rashad Penny. They didn't utilize him. I, I just I I gotta wait and see with Jacobs. He's going to be overdrafted. I think he will be, but I think he, like you said, brother, he definitely has the the, a very good opportunity because yeah. I don't see Jalen Richard as a, as a three down back. DeAndre Washington, they're not they're not three down backs. This guy's a three down back, and he actually did. He caught twenty passes last year too, which is, I mean, that's that's a good amount for Alabama, I guess, with Tua slinging it. He passes the eye test. I think he he's such a smooth runner. He, he it looks like he was born born to be a running back in the NFL. Honestly, I mean, I'm I'm hyping him up a little bit here, but so is everybody else. And I think John Gruden would love to have one running back that he gives the ball to a majority of the time. We'll see. This has been an incredible conversation, though. Thank you, guys. This was this is awesome. I can talk about rookies' upcoming season all day long. Awesome. You guys can find us at thefantasyfam.com or on Twitter at thefantasyfam. Like we mentioned earlier, we're on most podcast platforms, including iTunes. And don't forget to use our promo code for SportsCon. 
Fantasy Fam. You get 20% off your admission or your VIP ticket. This is the Fantasy Fam signing off.